Last year, just around the time that we did Victory, I got a chance to go to Blanco and I spoke at a youth rally night. Now, one of the things I first did was I got one student, there's about maybe 75 students there, I got one of them and I blindfolded the student and I said, okay, I put him in the back of the auditorium and I said, okay, I want you to come to where I am. Okay, I want you to come to where I am. But I then had everyone else just yelling and talking and talking and I didn't have the microphone, I put the microphone away and it was hard for him to, to hear my voice because of all the distractions. You know that it's hard to hear your calling if you've got too many other people talking and it's good to get away. It's good to just get away, maybe put your phone down, put, just cut out some of that noise because obviously it was, gonna be, it was always gonna be hard for him to hear my voice with all, these dis all the talking, all the distractions. I said, okay, but let's do it again, one more time. I took myself and then I took somebody else, some other parent, and we then, because there was a couple parents there, then I changed my voice <laughs> and I said, okay, now you, I want you to find me. And then I started to change my voice, calling out his name, Mark, Mark, but I changed my voice. And then it was hard again for him. Now this time everybody was silent. The other person was talking and he couldn't decide which one was me. That was, that was really cool. He couldn't decide if that the other parent, the dad, was me or if I was me, couldn't decide. And it was disheartening. And then we both kept kept going, calling his name, Mark, 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 right, whatever. And eventually he just kind of kind of gave up because then he said, I just don't know your voice. That was just powerful to me. I didn't even, I didn't even know that's what was going to happen. He said, I just don't know your voice. I said, I guess you don't. I said, this is our first time meeting each other. He said, yeah. I said, and, and when I first did this exercise, I'd only spoken for maybe one minute. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't know my voice. You didn't know my speech pattern. Okay, now let me ask you. First, you're, you're removing the distractions. We talked about that last week, but you're removing some of the distractions. Your, your, your life is too noisy. It's too noisy. Now, I thought about it this way. It's hard to answer a call and you can't hear but it's also hard to follow a voice you don't know. Ooh. <laughs> it's hard to answer a calling you can't hear, but it's, it might be even harder to answer, to follow a voice you don't know, that you don't recognize. He just does not know my voice. And I wonder for you, whose voice are you following? You're trying to answer your call, but who's, who's calling you? Who's calling out to you? Whose voice is that? That's, that's what you're gonna have to ask yourself. And what is that voice saying to you? Hey, you're stupid. Hey, you're, you're never gonna make it. And then do you go to that voice? Who's, who's, whose voice is that? That's not your own. Whose voice is that? Hey, you just should just give up. You're dumb. Oh, okay, yeah, let me go follow that voice. Hey, are you listening to your anxiety and then following it? Are you listening to your depression or your past or people or this or that? I mean, are you whose voice is it? That can't be your voice. When you mess up, ah, uh, see, I told you you're stupid. That, is that your voice? It comes from inside your head a lot of times, but is it your voice? And we've talked about this before. Go back, listen to some of these episodes we've talked about in 10 Years War. Whose voice is it? Okay, now, I bet it, I bet it's hard to follow a voice that you don't even know. Because then if you're getting called to do something, right? There's a calling where right? I was calling out for Mark. 
But Mark didn't know my voice. It was hard for him to find me because he didn't know if it was the right me. Ooh, what? Okay, that's, that's not even, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go past that. <laughs> Here is the major question. Is it your calling or is it your comparison? Mm. Is it your calling? Is that why you're trying to pursue that degree? Is that why you're at that job? Is that what you're doing? That is that why you're, you're just, you've got to have a family? Is that why you've got to have that new car? Is that, I mean, is that your calling? Is that your calling? Or is that your comparison? It's quite possible that that thing or that dream or that opportunity, it wasn't for you. It was not for you. I know that you see it. I know you see it. You see that your friend's getting a new car. You see your friend's getting promotion. I know you see that person getting a huge shout out in the email at work. <laughs> I know you see that person getting married, having a family. I know you see that person getting some major deal or accomplishing something big. I know that you see it. I know that you see it, but maybe you weren't made to get it. Okay, well, why not? Because it, that thing was never for you. It was for them. You can see it, but it didn't mean you had to go try to achieve it. Maybe it was meant to motivate you. Maybe it should inspire you. It can ignite you, but it should not be the thing you covet. You should not covet the calling of someone else. That's what, that's what they got and that's what's for them. But whatever is for you is for you and it's still on the way. Now I've got to pause right here. This is really big. Whatever is for you is for you. You're supposed to go to that college. You're supposed to be in that community. You're, there's, there's somewhere for you to be. If you're called, it's calling you to that thing, not something else. Does that make sense? Because we said the calling is name specific. So something is calling out for you by name specifically for you. But is it your calling or is it your comparison? The, the call that you're answering. The call, the thing that you're pursuing, the thing that you're trying to make happen in your life. Is that your calling or is that just your comparison? Well, you just want, I want it because they got it. They open a new business. I'm going to open a new business. Well, why couldn't I open a new business? Well, because maybe, <laughs> maybe opening a business is not a part of your calling. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> and that's good news because what you didn't get wasn't for you. Mm. <laughs> you okay, what, let me say it this way. If it's for you, it's for you. And if you haven't gotten it, it's still on the way. And you didn't get what you didn't need to complete your calling. Ooh, you didn't get what you didn't need to complete your calling. You didn't get it because you didn't need it. And that is good news. The people that walked away from you, come on, the job opportunity or the promotion that you didn't get or that car that you really didn't get that you wanted. I mean, does this make sense? You didn't get that very thing because you didn't need it. That doesn't mean you won't get your thing. That doesn't mean you'll get nothing. You just won't get everything. Mm, your thing is still on the way. Okay, let me tell you a story. I got to prove it to you because you don't, you don't believe me. I've told this story before, but I will tell it again because it is something that still motivates me because I get that. I, I told you I struggle with comparison. I, I'm completely honest about it. There's a couple that wanted to celebrate something huge, big accomplishment. They get ready, they get dressed, they get fancy, they smell good, he looks good, she looks better. They get ready. They go to this very exclusive restaurant in downtown Los Angeles. When they arrive, 
the host greets them. Oh, we have your name on the list. We have your reservation. You're ready to go. They take them to this premium area in the restaurant. They sit down. The waiter comes and gets their orders ready to go. Cool. Boom. Then leaves. Then about 10 minutes later, okay, nothing's really happening. Giving them water, but you know, giving them drinks, but where's the food? 15 minutes later, 20 minutes goes by. 30 minutes goes by, 40 minutes goes by, and now the guy is just mad. He is just furious because he's looking around. He's looking around and he's seeing people that just showed up and they've already gotten their food. People that showed up after this couple, that arrived after this couple, and now they're already eating before this couple. And he's thinking, how is it that all these people, everybody's getting their food except us, and he's mad. The wife tries to calm him down. Babe, you don't know. No, 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 I'm mad, because where's our food? <laughs> Calls over the waiter. The waiter, hey, where's our food? The waiter says, hey, well, sir, do you know what you ordered? He says, I know what I ordered. Do you know what we ordered? Where's our food? And the waiter says, I'm sorry, sir, but I've got to let you know that what you all requested is our most prized meal. This is the most difficult thing that on our on our menu, and it takes time to prepare. The thing that you've requested, it's possible, it's difficult, it's doable, it just takes time to prepare. And you're looking around at everybody else comparing, why are you having to wait longer? Sir, you wanna know why you have to wait longer than all these people getting their food? Because what they've ordered is easy. What they have ordered is easy and doesn't take any time to prepare. In fact, some of them, we just some of what they've ordered, we just had in the back. Some of what they ordered, we just we just had already ready. But yours is handcrafted and painstakingly made just for you. And it is not made before you get here. It is only made when it is ordered. Yours is difficult. Yours takes more time to prepare. Yours is a better meal. That's why it takes longer. Please, sir, do not compare yourself to other people that got their dinner or their plate before you because you're still going to eat. You're still going to get what's coming to you. You're still going to get what you paid for. But I'm telling you, sir, what everyone else in this restaurant ordered is easy. That's why they got it. And that, that just motivates me every time I can start shouting. Because if you're wondering why you haven't gotten that thing that you think you would, should have had by now or didn't work out, whatever the case is, it's, a lot of times it's because what you're wanting to do requires more work, requires more effort, requires more persistence, requires more resilience, requires more. You wanted to start that podcast. You wanted to build this empire. You wanted to change an entire generation. You wanted to open up your own nonprofit. You wanted to open up this. I mean, whatever you wanted to do, a lot of times it takes more time and people, people are getting their blessing before you because maybe their blessing is easier. <laughs> That's huge. I told a student, it's hard to celebrate you or celebrate something you did or celebrate someone else when you focus on what you did, what you don't have or what you didn't get. Now the couple, they were supposed to be celebrating, but they were, they couldn't appreciate. Ooh, wow, okay, it's coming to me. They couldn't celebrate what they couldn't appreciate. <laughs> come on, come on, talk to me. Talk to me nice right now. You can't celebrate what you can't appreciate. And it was hard for them to celebrate when they kept looking at everybody else. The moment was just for them. Everybody else had their own moment. What about you? And you're, you started comparing yourself. Is it your comparison or is it your calling? 
I, this is just a side note here. I was thinking about that Janet Jackson song. She says, uh, like a moth to a flame burned by the fire. You guys remember that song, like a moth to a flame burned by the fire? Right, okay. The, the, the flame, even a light, calls out to these these moths, these flies. Have you seen those things where they're drawn, the fly, those fly traps, they're drawn to it and it zaps them? Well, why? It looked good, but it wasn't for you. <laughs> Does this make sense? It looked good for you. Some things you're drawn to, some things you think you're destined to are meant to destroy you. Maybe that's why you didn't get it. Now I need you to come here. Come here, dogs love grapes. Come here, just say no right? The rejection is oftentimes protection. Maybe there's a reason you did not get that job. Maybe there's a reason you didn't get that email. I thought of it this way. There was, mm, 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 okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. They have this faculty spotlight blast where they celebrate faculty. And I always kept thinking, what do I got to do to get on this? I mean, I'm producing these events. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. What do I got to get on it? And this voice said to me, he said, James, you, you think that you're being rejected, but you're actually being protected because maybe if your name was put out there, you'd have all kinds of people coming for you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the rejection is protection because it's covering from your enemies. Ooh, oh, <laughs> it's quite possible. Come on, y'all don't want to talk about it. It's quite possible. The reason you never won that lottery, because soon as you win that lottery, none of that money is yours. You've got baby mamas and enemies galore coming after you. You don't get what you don't need to move forward. Is it your calling or is it just your comparison? Ooh, that, that is good. Darius Daniels says, Dr. Darius Daniels says that comparison is a calling killer. Ooh, there are some things that will kill your calling. Wait, what? Yeah, there are some things that will kill your calling. Your comparison is one. Your comparison is one. Now, I thought of this, your mediocrity is another. Maybe you don't wanna move because you don't really want more. You're just, you're satisfied. You're satisfied. You hear your calling, you hear it, you know you're supposed to go there, you know you're supposed to do that, you know there's something bigger you're supposed to do with your life, but you're just, eh, I'm okay, I'm cool, I'm cool. Let me say it this way, comfort is a killer. Comfort is a calling killer. Ooh, you think about, have y'all ever thought about stagnant water? And what happens with the stagnant water when it's just, it's just this reservoir, it festers, then mosquitoes and other things start growing, bacteria and fungus start growing there, right? Because the water is just stagnant. Are you a reservoir or are you a river? <laughs> are you a reservoir or are you a river? A reservoir, the water's just sitting there. A river, the water flows through, okay? Now, I think a lot of times your calling is not just for you, it's for you to help someone else. River, do you just want that car just for you? Reservoir, do you just want that promotion just to make you look good and feel good about you? Reservoir, do you want that family and that marriage and that perfect wedding just so you can stunt on other people? Reservoir, you, uh, well, I'll say it this way, if you spent more time planning your wedding than you have your marriage, <laughs> Reservoir, does that make sense to you? More, more people spend more time planning their wedding than they actually do investing in their marriage? Ooh, come here, come here, come here right now. Mm. Another calling killer could be limited focus. 
limited focus. You're not seeing, you're not looking at the bigger picture. Sometimes you're thinking, well, I don't want to make an impact because you think your impact won't be impactful. <laughs> Come on, y'all better stop playing with me on this. You don't want to make an impact because you think your impact won't be impactful. Well, if I do it, it won't really make a difference. If I, I mean, I can't really, I can't really help everybody, but you could help somebody. And now you think because you can't help everybody, you help nobody. <laughs> Just help somebody. Does that make sense? You might not be able to help everybody. Help one person. Remember the story of the starfish? Right? Remember the, the boy, the starfish? And the boy's throwing the starfish into the ocean and the old man comes up and says, what are you doing? And the boy says, well, I'm saving the starfish. And the man says, there's thousands of starfish out here. You will never make a difference. And the boy picks up a starfish, throws it in the ocean, says, I made a difference for that one. Bends down, picks up another starfish, throws it back into the ocean, says, I made a difference in that one. You keep thinking that your impact won't be, <clears throat> you think your impact won't be impactful. I don't know who told you this. If you're listening to voices, who told you that? Who told you? Whose voice are you listening to? Who's, who is telling you these things? If a toddler came in and told you how to run your business, would you listen? No. Because who, who is the toddler to tell you? Now, who is your anxiety to tell you? Who is your depression to tell you what to do and what not to do? Who is your insecurities? Come here. Come here. Who are your insecurities to tell you about you and what you can or can't do with your life? Who are these people? Why, who are you listening to? Okay, there's some things that you're, there's some people, there's some things, some mindsets you're listening to that are calling killers. Mm. <laughs> you, you think your impact won't make an impact. You think it won't be impactful. You think too small of yourself. Well, I'm just. If you ever say I'm just, you stop, stop that sentence right there. I'm just, I'm just. Oh, I'm just, what? Okay, I thought about this on the way over here to the recording studio about comparison and calling killers. And I thought about it, I said, how can you compare a calling? How can you compare a calling? If you're gonna compare your calling, how do you actually compare it? Okay, let's play a game, friends. Let's, let's play a game. You tell me who's more important. Who has the better calling? A doctor that helps heal people or a chef that opened up his own restaurant to feed homeless people. Who has, who's, who, I mean, how do you, how can you compare that calling? Well, the doctor has to heal people. The chef's gotta feed people. Well, who's, who, I mean, does that make sense? When, okay, but if you're the chef, you better run that thing. I mean, that is your calling and you just run it and you feed those people you are in your calling and that is what you are supposed to do. You're not supposed, now maybe if you're talking about healing people, maybe you're healing people with food. Mm. <laughs> maybe you were a doctor the whole time, okay? But if you're the doctor, you're the doctor, your, your job is to help people get healed. You're not, you're not supposed to be, well, I really want to open up a little restaurant on it. Why? Because cause, cause you, cause you're comparing your calling? Is, what do, you can't, how can you compare the calling, even if I just took two doctors? And you got one person comparing himself. He's a doctor of, he works on feet. Another person works on hands. Well, I need my feet and I need my hands. Who, how do we compare the calling? What I'm trying to tell you, friends, I almost said, do you. That's what I almost said. I almost was going to tell you to do you, <laughs> but I'm going to say it differently. Live your calling, pursue your calling, chase your calling. 
Right, and that was actually the name of my first book, Pursuing the Call. I wrote that in high school, but either or. <laughs> but you've got, you've got to pursue it. You've got to chase it. You've got to listen for it. You've got to find it. It's out there. It's calling for you. Got to go chase it. But you can't. But the more time you spend comparing, that's going to kill your calling, because maybe that window is now closing. Ooh, ooh. Okay, okay. You think too small of yourself. You think too little of what you've been through, what you survived. Well, I just had, you know, I just had this. And what do you mean? Why do you keep saying I just? Why do you keep saying I just about you? Well, I, I just made it. I didn't really. I, no, there's something special about you. No matter what you've been through, that can help someone else. And other people are counting on you to get to your calling. Whatever you, I, I keep thinking about my man, Steve Jobs. And what if Steve Jobs just one day just said, man, I don't care about this. Cause remember he started Apple. Well, didn't he start Apple? And then Apple kicked him out. <laughs> and then they called him, they called him back. Ooh, now he was open to the calling. He didn't, he didn't hold on to past grudges and jealousy and bitterness and this. You, you've got to let some things go. Come on, come on to hear your calling. Cause they called him and he heard an opportunity for him to come back. And he came back, then did what? Then he just was on fire. The, the, the iPhone, the iPod, the AirPod, the iMac, all these different things that, that came out around the time, Apple TV, all these things that came out w under his jurisdiction, under his tenure, if you want to look at it that way. He answered a calling. Now, I wonder, I kept thinking, I never told this in a story, but I kept thinking, I said, and maybe I did actually, what if, what if there was somebody that was their whole job, their whole calling was to inspire Steve Jobs to come back and to keep going? What if the purpose of your life was to inspire that one person who made a huge difference? Now, let's look at it. Let's just, let's call his name Bob, okay? Who, who's responsible? Is it Steve Jobs or is it Bob? Because maybe if Bob doesn't speak up to Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs doesn't come back. Now we never got a lot of these things from Apple. Maybe your assignment, maybe your calling is to push that one person who makes a major difference. Then ask yourself who made the difference? Who was the domino that got the, you see that, that domino effect? Who was the first domino? Then this tells me you do make an impact. You do make a difference because of how you raise your children, because of how you teach those kids, because of the little things that you do, those little things become big things but they started with you. It's not about you, but it started with you. Ugh, ugh. Mm. Do you guys understand how Undefeated Speaker really got started? Okay, I had already started calling these, calling these awards that I was giving out to my students Undefeated Speaker. I had already started that back in 2017. And because I, I was at I was at war with the other teachers. I'll say it. It's not, I'm not being petty, but I, that's just what it was. We had this disagreement about awards, and they thought that only the primary subjects should get awards: English, biology, geometry. Okay, right. And I thought, well, mm, that there's a lot of other students that are doing really well, and they might not be doing well in your class, but they do really well in my class because public speaking is just a beast. And the way your boy, come on, if you're taking Harris, you know, <laughs> you know how I get down. And I wanted to celebrate them. Then I came up with the idea. I said, okay, well, I thought I thought of this. I was I didn't know what to call it, and I just heard undefeated speaker because I thought 
that I thought everything that these students have gone through, the ones that, that are gonna win these awards, they're undefeated. They've been through every single challenge, every single obstacle that I put in their way, and they, they, they never stopped, which then makes them undefeated. It makes them an undefeated speaker, and that's where the title came from, Undefeated Speaker, 2017, that's spring 2017. Now, now here, let's go to fall 2018. I heard a call from Tony. Tony's my boss, or one of my bosses, I guess, my boss. And he calls me and says, hey, we're doing TEDx. Would you, do you wanna help? I said, okay, yeah, I'll answer the call. Now, again, I've told you a variation of the story. I didn't get upset about, well, they should have they should have had me speak or this or that. I just was open. I was just available. I answered the call. When I got there, I honestly, I told, I've told this variation before, before too. I said, when I got there, I kept thinking, man, this is, this, this little rinky-dink thing, this ain't gonna be, I did, I, I did think that. I was, this, cause I was just, I, and I've gotta talk about familiarity pretty soon. I've, that's, I've gotta talk about that. That's probably a season five thing, cause I don't wanna piss some of y'all off, but. <laughs> I got there and my mind was blown. This was a full on conference. I had never been to TEDx, but I had assumptions of what I thought it would, how it appear. And people were with badges and name tags and shirts and, and there was banners and all these different things. And I said, this is a full on conference. And at that moment, I remember it was a Saturday morning. I walked in the door and I was blown within the blown away within the first five minutes. And I told myself, I should be doing huh who said that what voice is that James you should be doing this with your life me yeah you should put on speech conferences there should be undefeated speech conferences undefeated speaker conferences wait wait what oh my gosh you're right and I listened to that voice and then that that was in September and then that November we did comeback season with about 90 people and I kept listening to that voice keep going then in the spring of 2019 come on we did recharge season and, and we had about 256 people in the fall of 2019 we did transformation season we had over 400 people there spring 2020 pandemic happened lots of other things crashed and fall and chaos but it didn't stop because then come on it's fall 2021 it took some time but i got back fall 2021 then we did victory and now spring 2022 we did one more day because i listened to the calling you might say well what's 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 my calling how do i how do i get there i i'll, I'll help you out i got there i answered the calling i heard Tony called me, literally, I heard him call, I was open, and I answered the call. When I got there, I saw it, and I knew what it was. I saw it, and then I knew what it was. Remember last time we were asking, what do you call it? But when you see it, do you know what it is? I got there, and I saw it, and said, you should be doing with this, doing this with your life. And and in two months, I planned, my, I mean, from well, however many months it is, from September to November, I guess November 4th was our first one. That was fast. And we did a, we hit, the, I, that Monday, I hit the ground running. Now, I think of it this way. Your calling is a lens. 
that was my lens i got there to that speech event and i immediately now come on i'll prove it to you how many other people were there that same day at that tedx and and what was it September 2018 how many other people were there at that event and then they also then started their own speech events I'll wait you tell me I don't know I don't know the answer but I know that I was the only one at Palo Alto I got there and because of how I saw it my lens I now knew that it was my calling mm, okay if a baby is crying in the mall alone let's say you're just shopping in the mall and you pass by, you see a baby crying. <laughs> I think that's how babies cry, I don't really. <laughs> if I see that baby, this is true, I'm going to keep walking. I can't believe you would say that, Mr. Harris. I can't, James, I can't believe, yes, I'm gonna keep walking because I see a baby alone and I'm thinking, who's, who's, whose job is this? Who's, where are the parents? Who, what is happening? And I think, yeah, that the parents probably got tired of that baby and they're probably somewhere in the area, but they're just probably trying to prove a message to the baby because the baby probably kept trying to walk off. That's what I see. And I think, well, let me let the parents prove their point. That's what I see. That's the lens of my calling. I see that. Now you, someone else you know, might say, oh my gosh, look at the baby. And they're gonna go pick the baby up. Oh my gosh, now you got your hands on this baby. See, you see how my mind, I'm like, don't touch this child. This is not your child, right? <laughs> then I think about it. You're, you're picking the child up. You're consoling the child, right? I'm thinking the baby's out of control. I avoid the baby, but you go to console. Does that make sense? Because of your calling, you see it differently. We're looking at the same thing, but we're not seeing it the same. <laughs> we are looking at the same thing, but we don't see it the same way. You might say, well, what is my calling? I'm asking you, what are you looking at? You say, well, what is my calling? I'm asking you, come on, I'm asking you, what are you looking at? Literally, what do you look at? You see it, but what do you see? What are you looking at? I got to that conference and I saw an opportunity bigger than the one I was already given. I, I immediately, my mind just teleported thousands of light years into the future and I thought of not just doing undefeated speaker events at Palo Alto, but also doing other types of speech events and other types of events. And I called my boy Javi, who does fitness, and I started calling my homeboy Luther, who does music. And I started thinking, I said, we can, we can, we can do three, phase four, phase five of this thing. And it started. And I, who else was there? You tell me who else was there. We didn't have the same lens, and that's not being cocky. That's just me being in my calling because I was the only one that started a speech event from that event. Who else did it? Now, I, now, I'll also show you this. Shout out to my homegirl, Madi. Madi particip participated, she was one of my students, she participated in, what was it, TEDx, she did. She did an amazing job at TEDx. She also did Victory, she also did One More Day. She actually then started her own, it was a, a seminar of some sort about hustling, and she, you see what I'm saying? It's a lens, it's a lens. She, based on participating in TEDx, based on she saw an opportunity. Other speakers I've worked with have never done this. She's the only one to basically start her own little conference, I guess it was, right? And that was, that was really cool to me. She saw an opportunity bigger than what the one she was given. 
and she made something out of it. It's your lens. What do you look at? What do you see? I'll... You, okay, I'm just, I just—I want to help you here. If it's a class, if it's your community, if it's an animal, some people can look at your hair and tell you what, what you need to improve because that's the part of their calling. Some people can look at your dog and tell you, oh, I can see what I need to improve here because it's, your, their calling is a, it's a lens, it's a filter. It's, it helps them see something other people can't see. Ooh, I'll double prove it to you. My boy, my boy Jeff, my frat brother Jeff, he can look at a person and tell if they can play basketball. He can just look at them and tell. And then he can, then as he watches them move, he can he can see how well they probably can play or their potential or what they need to improve on. Just, they don't even have to have a basketball. They could run up and down the court and he could just see them move and he can automatically, that is, that is amazing to me. But I guess the same, <laughs> the same with me. I can listen to anyone talk, probably a couple minutes, doesn't take me long, and I can instantly hear what you need to improve on. I can just make a diagnosis. It's it's my calling. And it's not being cocky. It's just it, there's a there's a level of confidence when you're in your calling. I got to talk about that here in a second. Because of what you see, you know what to do with it. My sister was at my mom's birthday a couple weeks or last week, and my mom and my sister would just not sit down and eat. Everybody's eating. Mom, sit down. Make your plate. This is your birthday. Can I can I help you? My sister hadn't eaten all day. She's just making this plate. She sees the security guard and she sees the front desk woman at the venue and she goes and makes them a plate. I saw them too. I said hello. I was friendly. I was friendly to both. I talked to the officer for a little bit. I talked to, but I didn't think to, I never offered them any food. Why? Because it's a lens. I don't think of it that way. I don't think, hey, I should go feed them. In my mind, I'm thinking they're working. <laughs> so they probably don't need to eat or they probably already took their lunch. And I, I don't feel wrong for that. I don't feel wrong for that because I just didn't see it the same way that my mom and sister did. Attending, serving to everyone. Shout out to them for having that, that, that servant calling. Because of what you see, you now know what to do with it. I got in a wreck, I didn't know what to do. I called somebody that I knew did. I called AAA. Remember I got in that wreck back in, was that January? I called somebody who knew what to do. They answered the calling. I passed by a wreck. This was actually last week. Well, it must have been must have been a couple days ago actually. This car is flipped over right outside of Palo Alto, and I, and I go and I see the car, and I say, Ah, man, you should help this guy. I stop. I don't know what to do, right? I don't know what to do, but I know someone to call. I called 911. They I told them I would stay with the guy with there. He appreciated. It. I said, Are you okay? He said, Yeah, I'm I'm a little shaken up, but I'm okay, right? <sighs> I can answer a calling, but that's he wasn't calling for me, but I helped him call the right people if you need if you see the need in the community you can be that need or go call someone you know that can help calling that someone with a couple of these students or that person that's sad or struggling and setback what do you see i think about it this way if you if you if you see a fire do you rush into the building nah you probably don't what do you do you call the firefighters this is because you're not a firefighter. But the firefighter will see the fire and rush in. The firefighters ain't calling the, <laughs> the firefighters ain't calling firefighters. The firefighter runs into the fire. Probably with other firefighters. But do you see the firefighter will see the fire and know what to do? Ooh, that that that's right, that's it right there. That is it right there. Okay, I've got I've got all these things I want to talk about. How can I how can I clean this message up for you what do you see 
what do you do with it? The firefighter sees the fire and knows what to do with it. I can see someone who needs encouraging and I, and I run to them. I go call them, I text stuff because I can just see it on your face that you needed some encouragement, a word. I, this doesn't mean I'm solving all the problems, but I can, I can help one of the problems. That's, that's a part of it. And it's an indicator, it's an action. that The action that you take when you see it, that's the indicator of your calling. The person sees the child crying and they run to console them. They, they know what to do because of what they see and the action they take is the indicator of their calling, okay? And I don't think it's being cocky, I think it's being confident. I'm helping the student right now work on her graduation speech and all these ideas are just flowing. And she's thinking, sir, how do you do this? I said, because it's my calling. And she was kind of taken back. She said, whoa. She said, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess it is. She says, that's pretty cool. She says, that's cool that you're confident in it. I said, yeah, I said, I'm not arrogant about it. I'm not cocky, I'm not the best. These gifts are not mine. I'm just a manager. All these ideas that come to me, all these podcasts, I'm, these are not, I'm just a manager of these ideas, these gifts that I'm given and talents and skills that I'm given. I, but I know that it's part of my calling and it builds confidence because I'm walking in my calling. I feel more confident helping her, and there was there's about three ladies there, helping all of them working on their graduation speech. I was just in my bag. Now, if someone says, I want you to go create a dance routine, what? I can do it. I can learn it. <laughs> I can learn it. <laughs> if someone says, hey, we want you to help build this fence, uh, I can I can learn it. I can, I can do it, but it's not my calling. Does that make sense? And you've got to look at what you see. Look at your life right now. What do you see? And, you'll, and then the actions you take based on what you see, now you know where your calling is. When I'm helping someone speak, my mind is flooded with ideas and stories and fire lines and, and it builds this confidence. And maybe you're not confident because you haven't been walking in your calling. Maybe you're going to be more confident when you walk in your calling. That doesn't mean you'll have no problems. That's, I mean, but you'll just be more confident. I'm asking you, what do you see and what do you do with it? That action is the indicator. Go find your calling. It wants to meet with you soon.